0: The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes.
1: Ch-ch-chumba.
0: ChumbaCasino.com.
1: No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to The Gold Derby Show on The Gold Derby Podcast Network. Welcome back to Gold Derby. I'm Christopher Rosen. I'm joined by Joy Zing. because we have so much to talk about. The Being the Ricardos trailer, maybe some Dune. But I want to start with The Last Duel, a movie we both saw independently, but both saw. What you think? We did
0: see the other Ben Affleck movie together.
1: We really yeah. are on a Ben Affleck streak here. <laughs> we saw Tender Bar together, sat next to each other. It was great fun. Uh, George Clooney was there. The little kid who I've I enjoyed. But... Let, uh, the last one, what did you think? We have rarely talked about this. So so what what what, what you like? I,
0: I enjoyed it actually. Yeah. Like I think I, I I do like their like, you know, like it premiered at Venice and like the reviews were like pretty mixed there. And I think that really hurt it. I don't think it should have premiered there. I don't think this is like that type of movie. Um, but anyway, like, you know, the past couple of weeks as like the stateside reviews have like started to come in. Like it it was almost like a litigation. (laughs) It was like, like people really liked it. And then like people loved Ben in it, you know, which, you know, pleased me as I'm sure did you. Uh, And, you know, it's, it's a long movie, but, and I don't like long movies, but I didn't, I I found that it went by pretty quickly. Like it's told in three chapters, as we all know. Um, And I really liked it. Like I, uh, I thought, you know, the, the perspectives were well-written. Like Jody is amazing in her final chapter. And I know like she's, she's going lead. And I know some people are like, she should be supporting because she's like barely in the first two, but like, that's the case for all three of them. It's like, they're the lead of their own chapters and they're supporting the other two. Um, and yeah, our boy, Ben, he's mostly, yeah, well, yeah. Like he's mainly in Adam's chapter, the middle one. And mostly as, like, comic relief, but just still great performance, incredible hand acting. Uh, and he's just, like, dunking on Matt the whole time because, like, his character hates Matt.
1: <laughs> so that was a couple of things. So you're exactly right. At Peruna Venice, the reviews are, like, mixed, but not negative, right? Like, it was just, like... Yeah, just
0: well, I mean, there was one headline, I think it called it, like, damp mullets or something.
1: Yeah, and yeah. I, I think the trailer also led, led me to believe that it was going to be homework. Certain movies just look like homework, right? Like, you're just, like boy, I got to sit through this. And as much as I love Ben and, and Matt and Adam Driver and Jodie Comer, I was, and Ridley Scott. I was like, this just looks like it could be like a little stiff. And I was so pleasantly surprised that despite the fact that it is about a very serious subject matter and includes some really, really troubling scenes of like violence and, and sexual assault, there's so much, uh, humor in it throughout. Right. As well. Like and that and you mentioned, like Ben really does, uh, bring the comedy i would say he's just playing the biggest douche basically like fully uh just uh total like hedonist uh evil like just scumbag. Yeah,
0: like, like yeah he's just surrounded by booze and women all the time
1: so he's so uh so fun and his chemistry with adam driver is great and adam driver is actually really uh i think the trick of the movie is that like So uh, Matt Damon, you're going to, if you watch the trailers and maybe you think it's like Matt Damon is, you're led to believe is like the hero, but he's such a, he's so bad. Uh, He's like a real jerk and like a total idiot. And the movie makes it very clear, almost from the beginning that he's an idiot and is not really smart. And then you have Adam's character who is way more charming and engaging, but is also a terrible abuser and rapist. And so like the movie is really asking you to like watch, it's like, asking the audience to do complicated uh, things while you watch, because you're definitely going to be like, wow, Matt sucks, but uh, he's not as bad as Adam, but Adam is more engaging. And it's like, and and then you have Jody coming in at the end and ties the whole thing together. And I thought the best part of it is that they save the last duel uh, for the very end. And it is... uh, as violent and as, uh, uh just a uh, dually as you would expect. Right. Like they really are. It was like night's tale. Like you said, uh, we can be previously like, you know, a lot of, and they're just sword fighting and rolling around in the mud and a lot of stabbing and blood. And, and like, I was like, it's so funny cause I was like less engaged by that than just by watching Jody Comer watch them duel because the movie does such a good job of setting up how she is, like, at the mercy of these two morons, basically, right? Like, it's, like, the way... The message is just, like, men are idiots. (laughs) The message is men are idiots and have always been, and then, like... But it's not heavy... I don't think it was heavy-handed in that message. And I think it's funny that, like... Or ironic, I guess, that it's, like, oh... Like, she's basically, like... She stands up for herself and, like, says she was raped, which she obviously was, and they make... The movie doesn't even, like, mess around with that, which I really like. Like, it's, like, even in the even in the chapter told by Adam driver, it's clearly over the line and it's even worse when you get to Jody's chapter. Um, but yeah, like she's just put in this position because she has no ownership, or like no ownership of her own or a destiny basically because of the way she's in and just like have to rely on these dummies. And then at the, like, it's just like, it's really good. I just thought it was like very good. Like you said, I, it's a little long, but I think you're right because of the, the pacing of the perspectives of the chapters I thought it went by pretty quickly. Um yeah, I don't know. I would love I would love to see it make a like a dent in award season, but I just don't think it will. I I think Ben has the best shot, but he's not in it enough, like I think you had mentioned uh, to me offline. But like he's only got a couple of very funny good scenes and I think he could use like one more maybe
0: yeah he's he's like missing he should have gone to that party that he didn't go to you know Like yeah. I, he needed like one more to like lock it in and I kind of felt like he was maybe in the tender bar more than this like spread out more but yeah no he he was really funny and in this and you know the category like as it stands is kind of like fluid enough that maybe he could get in for one of his two films but yeah, he was good. And I love that like he and Matt play like like versions of like your classic mass hole
1: in this. Yes. <laughs> like, the, uh, the movie's very modern, I think. And that's another yeah. thing that maybe you wouldn't get from the trailer. It's like they talk, everybody speaks. They don't, they don't either. even try accents. Like Harry Walter did not try at all. <laughs> None. There's no accents. It's just is like they're talking like regular people. And they're not just talking without accents, but even they're like what they're saying and how they're saying it is so modern. Like there's a scene uh in the middle section when matt has like a tantrum basically in front of ben and he's like it just is it, it is like very funny it is just a very funny like a male having a temper tantrum an adult male having a temper tantrum yeah, and it just I, felt- I
0: actually like i really like matt a lot and i i feel like he's like he had the hardest part because he had to modulate the most between like all three because like he like views himself as this like righteous hero in his own mind you know and then like in adams it's like they they start to become enemies because like Adam starts getting more like ingratiated under like ben's wing and then Mm -hmm. you know so like he like so like you see more of like matt's petulance in there and then like Yeah. yeah like in jody's it's like you know he he is not this like loving caring husband that he views himself to be like he doesn't care like right like he it's, didn't like it, believe that she was raped and then he's just like i'm going
1: to paris and i'm going to scotland like yeah. every two days it's it's very funny and that's another reason so uh, unsaid here so far is that the movie is really flopped uh, with audiences which I'm not, i oh, yeah, can't it say I'm,
0: it, like barely cracked like 5 million
1: <laughs> yeah I'm, i can't say i'm super surprised just because like based on how the box office has gone since like people have started going back to the theaters during the pandemic it's like superhero movies and like movies geared for like young adults i would say so like venom was like the biggest thing and i feel like venom skews really young bond was not the biggest thing even though it's, it did it's all well. about ip right it's about ip but i think it's about different it's like young ip's like halloween kills was like Oh, yeah, no,
0: like, this, this is a, a medieval adult drama
1: right so it's like no one's gonna see this though i would say like one of the re- I, I don't want to speak for you but one of the reasons like neither one of us could go to the uh, the press screenings that we're invited to but i was like i want to see this in the theater because i know it's long and i just feel like if i'm sitting here at home i'm gonna be too distracted and i'm not gonna really focus on it so i wanted to see it in the theater i still think it'll play well for people who end up catching it like in a few weeks on hbo max or wherever it lands i'm sure I think. I think the Fox studio, this is a leftover from 20th century Fox released by Disney. I think those end up on HBO max eventually because of like a pre-existing deal, but I'm sure it'll be on VOD sooner than that. So you could like rent it in in the next month or so. Um, Yeah. So it definitely, it it definitely flopped. And I think that'll end up hurting it from like an award stamp standpoint. I just feel like people are going to just kind of forget about it. And that's a shame because I think Jody, is really great also, like you were saying. And I think she could, I was not, I had no problem with her thinking of her as the lead. She's in enough of the mad one. And she has obviously the dominance of the last third of the movie. And that felt like to me, like, yeah, she's the lead of the movie.
0: And I I feel like the, I mean, we've talked about this before and like the, the messaging and the optics would just be like wrong almost if. Oh yeah. Or in supporting, you know, like. I, this is about like a woman trying to have agency.
1: Right. Like agency <laughs> is the right word. And uh she did not yeah. So to put her in supporting would just be such a bad look. And I actually thought, like you're saying, like I thought Matt was incredibly good. It might be my favorite Matt Damon performance. Wait, how did how did you describe him yesterday? Uh like, like let me look. I'm gonna look <laughs> back and see how he did. Do you remember? I'm trying to see. I look live. You're like here. he's really good at playing um Oh like, he's really he's really good at playing terrible. Uh,
0: like I mean, the guy it. who thinks he's good, but it's like actually an asshole.
1: That's it. Matt is great yeah. when he gets to play the total asshole thinks he's yeah. good. Yes. Uh, <laughs> that's exactly right. And I think you've seen that if his, if I was making a list of his best performances, uh, it would be like Goodwill hunting and departed or at like the top. I think yeah. both of those. Robbed for the departed. Totally robbed. And both of those are Matt is playing the hero in his own mind and in goodwill hunting. He is the hero, but he's still like, He's like just like
0: this young, like like egotistical, like 20-year-old, you know.
1: And and departed, he definitely thinks he's like trying, he's like doing the best he can, even though he's clearly like the villain. And in this movie, it's literally played out. So one of the other things I found really fun about, and I was like not surprised, not to denigrate like mainstream audiences, but I'm like the humor of this movie is really subtle because it's like, like you said, like we're going back through the different perspectives. So it opens with like Matt. And unlike they're like on a hill and there's like a bunch of like, I don't even know who they're fighting. Honestly, maybe this is a problem with the movie, but I was like, we, we even failed matter. history, <laughs> whatever it is. They're fighting bad guys or the, who they don't, they're just fighting somebody else, another army. And the other army is like killing a bunch of innocent civilians. And that's like, for England or whatever. And he like runs or for France. I don't, it doesn't matter. He just runs down the Hill. Like for the at, King, at, oh, <laughs> for the King, he runs down the Hill. Like a, he's like the lone man. High alone can fix this. And everybody follows him. And it's like a big hero moment. And then like an hour later, you get the Adam Driver version of it, which is probably the realer version of it. And Matt is baited into this like situation because he's just an idiot. And it's just so funny. It, I was like laughing out loud in the theater. Yeah, You
0: really need to like remember things. But
1: you really do need to remember things. And Ridley Scott is such a I think I, I wouldn't I don't know. I would call him like a subtle filmmaker and that he's like not like hammering the the stuff you need to pay attention to home like, especially in the beginning, they're just kind of like, it's just moving through time. And it's like, you're, he's just, he just trusts that the audience is going to understand this and get it and keep up and remember things. He's like making a movie that's again, like it feels like a, mo- it feels like a movie they used to make because I think audiences now are maybe conditioned to have things a little more spelled out and the way it's paced. Oh yeah, and stuff. a lot of exposition. <laughs> and there's no exposition is really, and it's like, you just need to like pay attention. And then it's really funny later on when those like, Jokes pay off in like just the little interactions like you said, they show the same. I think they show the same scene of Matt and Adam meeting like they have like a falling out and then they later meet. And this is like a key moment because it's when Adam first sees uh, Marguerite played by Jodie Comer and it like sets in motion the terrible events of like the movie that sets up the end. And they show that scene like three different times and each time it's different. And it's like...
0: Yeah, because like she has to... she Like Matt asks her to like greet Adam with a kiss. Right. And the kiss is like completely differently all three times.
1: Which is really great. And then even the Matt and Adam hello and handshake is different all three times. And like in the... And it's so subtle and it doesn't like it's just very funny. And I found that like that kind of stuff, like really brought a humor to it or like an engagement to it that I was not expecting. And I think if you're just like, if you're just not paying attention to it or like checking your phone or whatever, you're just going to miss these things because they're so subtle. Like, and it's just really good. So I, in a different time, I think this would have been like a major, major Oscar movie, maybe like 20 years like, ago.
0: Yeah. It feels like very nineties. And you know, like I, I mean, even if like, You know, COVID did not exist. Like, I don't really know how well this would have done. Like, normally, like, I don't. I think like the reported budget is like a hundred million, but I don't know if it was like even hitting like fifty. You know, normally, like, yeah, I don't know. And I I think it would need like people, like the right people, to see it. Like, I think it can survive in that. You know, if if like voters are watching it and like are really taking to it, and you know, it does have a lot of. It's very crafts heavy, obviously. So that's potential there. Um, I I did not put any of them in, although I I would love to see Jody get nominated. I, I'm like torn about Ben because so, like I do want to put him in for something between like this and Tender Bar, but I don't know. Like I
1: so we, we saw should talk Tender about Bar. Tender Bar, though, because we have a personal gripe with it. So we saw Tender Bar at, uh, last week after we had recorded. Uh, uh, so we, we wrote about it, I think, on Friday a little bit. So we yeah. saw it. So I still have been in for Tender Bar and I actually have him still winning at this point for Tender okay. Bar. Uh, my thinking was at the time when seeing Tender Bar and then assuming last duel based on like the response to his performance and then now being confirmed by that is that. He's so fun in The Last Duel, and I think people really get a kick out of him in that, but it's not a big enough performance, and it's not the, like, it's probably, like, the third or fourth best performance in the movie, I'd argue, even though he's great in it, and I think Tender Bar, it's, like, he's not a lead, but he's clearly, like, the best thing in the movie, and it's, like, a very likable character, so those two things put together lead me to believe that Tender Bar would leap ahead. And especially because it's like an Amazon movie and they have like, you're going to, they're going to probably campaign it pretty heavily. They're already screening it obviously. So they're pretty confident in it, et cetera. So that's why I have him in and I have him winning because the category is not loaded with a lot of uh, heft. So I think like if there is a narrative that emerges from this category, it could be like Ben deserves an acting Oscar. He's never been nominated. Why has that? He's like a great movie star and he's got like two great roles this year like, is this time to give Ben Affleck an Oscar for acting? That that's my rationale. But the movie Tender Bar, Joyce, you and I both uh, both uh, from Long Island. I, 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 did you grow up on Long Island?
0: Yeah, like most of my childhood. Like I like we moved there when I was eleven. So so
1: yeah. so so I grew up there. I actually grew up in the town over from where Tender Bar uh, from where Tender Bar uh, takes place. Where,
0: we're like. Where, where, where like- I think we're each like three miles out of that town, yeah. but in opposite directions.
1: Correct. <laughs> yeah. So very close.
0: Yeah. Uh, I've I've frequented Manhasset a lot, especially the train
1: station. 100 <laughs> percent Driven through Manhasset a hundred times, gone to the movie theater there, that three, the three screen. Oh, theater, the little uh, yeah, the little one. Still uh, still open somehow. Great for On them. I, think I probably saw honestly like one of the first movie memories I have is seeing Muppets take Manhattan with my mother. And I think we saw it in that Manhattan theater. I or, and I feel like I also saw return of the Jedi in that Manhattan theater. So those are like early formative experiences for me as a movie goer. Uh, and this movie takes place in Manhattan, but it's shot in Boston and so clearly in Boston.
0: So clearly
1: shot in Boston
0: but and it does not resemble Long Island at all.
1: <laughs> Not at all. Nobody mentions a diner once. No L I E mentions. They talk no, about.
0: Uh, I was I was like waiting. I was like, are they going to show the L I R R? And like, thank God nothing, they
1: don't. Nothing <laughs> at all. Uh, and again, for an average audience and for a regular person who's not a a, a Long Island resident is, yeah. like us, I think nobody will care. And I think George Clooney directed the movie. It's. Uh, I think I liked it a little more than you. It's like totally, uh, I think it'll be pretty watchable. And I think people will come out of it, like feeling good because it's like a feel good thing. And I think George Clooney reacted to it because of the sense of like uh, family and like how, how he had said after the screening, how it's like, very undivisive and like how important family is and especially like extended family and like the family people make and all this stuff. So like, I think that was his angle, but from a long Island perspective, it's a huge swing and a miss. Just like,
0: uh, I wish they would have just, just said it like, in Boston. Yeah. Like I, I, I actually wouldn't have any problem with that. If like, even knowing that like the true story was set in Manhasset, like if they had just decided to relocate it to Boston, I would have been fine. I don't care. Totally. Like, um, and I knew they shot it in Boston. So like, and I hadn't known it was set on Long Island until like two months ago. <laughs> so I was, I was expecting like a Boston bar, and like even like the houses, like that's not that's not a Manhattan neighborhood.
1: Exactly right. I yeah. I couldn't. I I don't know what those kind of houses are called, but they're so obviously Boston because we've seen them mm-hmm. in Departed, Goodwill Hunting, like every yeah. Boston movie. You it's could just like so like
0: classic old school like Boston.
1: <laughs> right, and like those. That's just not how houses look on Long Island. I think. I think what George Clooney said after the movie. Um, we saw it at the DGA. So it was like a more of a a filmmaker kind of conversation, but he said that uh, the, the landscape of the movie takes place in like the seventies and the eighties and that Manhasset doesn't look long Island just has been too built up to replicate that feeling. And a lot of the Massachusetts homes are just a little older and like the neighborhoods are different. And I get that because like, I still go home to that town and like to see my family and stuff. And it does look a little more built up. It certainly doesn't look like 1978 uh, or 1980, but I was just like, you could just set this thing in Boston. I, I don't know. Yeah. I, and nobody will care about this. I'll tell you one part. We didn't even talk about this. This part I was like, and again, maybe it was in the book and I'm assuming a lot of it was, it's based on the memoir. by uh, I forget the uh J.R. Uh, 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 right? JR He's a Pulitzer Prize winner and he wrote this great book, and uh, it's been in development for him um, over a decade. So it's like a very, you know, William Monaghan wrote the script from Departed. Um, so it's like a, a big thing. And I was just like, oh, at one point in the movie, uh, the uh, lead car- JR is the, the character is played by Ty Sheridan. Really, I thought really quite good. And i not, I've never really warmed to him super much. I mean, like, I know him maybe from. I guess take, was he in take shelter, or which, which uh, he was in something like that. I'll check. Yeah. And he was in the X-Men movies, but anyway, he's talking to his mother and she's like, Oh, I got a job out in, in, in West Hampton, I think she says. And it's like, and, and they just kind of talk about it. Like it's like down the street. And I'm like that from Manhattan would take you like three hours on the LIE or have to take like a two hour train every day. And it's just not mentioned with any kind of like, surprise yeah. and then like urgency. when he's like
0: like driving at, at one point in the movie i'm like that that's not the way you take him to the city
1: correct <laughs> like, right. so those are those are this is uh, not to not to derail this too much but that was those are our long island nitpicks uh yeah. not well
0: also i just want to mention that yeah like Clooney said like they did not they couldn't like turn it you know turn back time basically but right i'm like you could put up a couple storefronts it's fine but i i will just say that um, if you recall in The Irishman, the diner that uh, in which they watched, they got the news of JFK's assassination. Yeah. That was also filmed on Long Island because a high school classmate of mine, her grandparents owned that diner. It's it's actually like 60s era, like ice cream shops called Hildebrands, um, like in Wollaston Park. And so they didn't it have did. to like- i Dressing yeah. there, yeah. So, but they did like- you know, change the storefronts, like the exterior, like of the neighboring establishments. It's like, you can do that. <laughs> I,
1: the only, uh, to, to give credit, it was shot during COVID. So I'm like, maybe it's true. It's true. Different but times you I know. know, and I know it's a smaller budget, but right. <laughs> yeah. Um, The movie itself, like I said, I like really, I think Ben is great in it. I, I loved him in it so much. It's in the, in the press, they're already like George. Uh, he did interviews like before it came out you know, like the, I think they screened in LA and whatever. And he's, he, they're already like running with, this is like the best role that Ben has ever had. And. Or like, was, he, this
0: is not the typical role he and, gets. And
1: not yeah. the typical role. And I was like, at first I was like, when I see that kind of hyperbole, I'm like, no way. And then I was like really thinking about it. And I'm like, he's probably not necessarily wrong. I was like, it, you know, Ben is a performer is usually. If he's a lead in the movie, it's going to be like he's always like shaded a little bit, right? Like Gone Girl, he's not like a hero, right? And like even the way back where he's in, it's a heroic like redemption movie. He's still got to be redeemed. And, you know, a lot of his stuff is like that. And this movie, I felt like, you know, he's like just like a good dude throughout. There's not a lot of like uh, contradictions or complications with this guy. He's like a pretty straightforward guy. And I think he's like really good. And the other thing I was really impressed with is that he's got a a lot of his performance is opposite uh, Daniel Rineri, I believe is the young actor's name, who George Clooney found because he was a uh, Brooklyn uh, child who went viral during uh, the coronavirus early stages of coronavirus because he was like swearing like Joe Pesci in uh, Goodfellas to talk about um, the lockdown. And he's like this f lockdown, you know that kind of thing. And he was on like Jimmy Kimmel and stuff. And so he plays like the kid, super charming kid. And Tim will uh, hook them up. They yeah, connect them. And, and I was like, Ben's really acting like carrying, not carrying, because I like I'll give the kid credit because he's like, but it's like he's playing opposite this boy who's not an actor. Or it's his first performance, and like it's so natural and like really good. And I was just like, I think, I think actors should get credit when they have to do like a little more heavy lifting like that beyond their own performance. Like Ben is is bringing that performance out of that kid, and a lot of his scenes are with that kid. And so like I was in on it. I don't know. I think he could, I think that there's a really compelling case for him to get in for it.
0: Yeah. I just, I feel like the movie, like I I can't see any other right now, like potential nominations for that movie. Like he would be the sole nominee for that film.
1: And so I, I'd argue, like, what, what else about, would you nominated what, for? <laughs> well, what about, I mean, like adapted screenplay and this is for both of these bad movies. Um, <laughs> for the last duel and for tender bar is adapted screenplay actually strong. And is there room in it for two former Oscar winners then in William Monahan for tender bar and Matt and Ben and Nicole Hall center for last duel. I, I, it's possible. They could all get nominated. Both those scripts could get nominated. I, I was looking at it now. I don't, I have one of them in, but right now yeah. my nominees would be like power of the dog, Jane Campion, right? She won. Uh, he's sure uh lost daughter i have pretty high because i think maggie Hall script is going to get like a lot of uh buzz and interest and then i have coda which i think people maybe don't realize it adapted because it was it's a remake and then i have passing which is maybe like a hope diction for rebecca hall because thinking again she's an actress or whatever and then tender bar the other contenders are nightmare alley which remains to be seen how good it is and if people like it the tragedy of Macbeth, which i think you've mentioned previously like shakespeare movies actually don't get a lot of adaptations don't Mm -hmm. really get nominated and house of gucci which people are like (laughs) you know who knows who knows i I don't know it could be great it could not we'll never we'll see the other big contenders are like uh the humans dune tick tick boom west side story I mean, it's, I don't know, there's, like, movies there that could really pop, but I, what if both of them get in? I, I was, like, William Monaghan wrote this script, like. I,
0: I don't think both of them are going to get in. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, the thing is, it's, like, you know, I don't think, like, the box office is, like, the end-all be-all, especially in, like, COVID, but, like, you know, like, 4.8 million is still really bad.
1: Um, yeah, no, I, 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 I understand. That's not yeah. the <laughs>
0: I would. Like it. it would, I don't know. I like right now, I, I mostly see it as just like a Ben play and, you know, supporting, especially in like the preferential ballot era, like it really favors like um, people in best picture nominees. Yeah. You know, like coattails, basically. Mm-hmm. And like the last one to win without um, was, or like as a sole nominee was uh, Christopher Plummer. And right. he had like a whole narrative going and that also got like the reviews and it was like playing everywhere. Like, sure. Computer. So, um, you know, I don't, I don't think Ben Affleck is Christopher Plummer.
1: <laughs> no, I don't think so either. So, uh, no. so
0: I don't. I mean, like, I would love to have him in there, but I don't
1: know. Maybe I could just put him in for fun now, but. Well, I, I have him in, but I, I see what you're saying, but that's why I have yeah. Tinder Bar getting in for, for script. I just think that it could get another one. I also was like, I don't know. I think this is like maybe like over way overthinking, but that's what we do. Right. I mean, like, obviously, certainly I, I am a big fan of this, but I was like, Oh, people really do like George Clooney. And like you and I at the, the Q and a after he was, he was the best part of the experience I would say. Right. Like he's, he's, so funny. he's a total
0: pro. Like he knows like exactly what to do and say in, in like
1: every situation, <laughs> incredibly charming, able to like pitch his, bits and like comedy to like the room. So this was a, at the DGA theater, like I mentioned. And like, he was talking mostly to like in theory filmmakers or, or whoever was there. Um, and was very uh, kind of filmmaker focused. I saw he did another Q and a in LA and it was like more uh, writer focused, I think, or, you know, it's just, it's like, the guy is like, he's just a, a absolute pro. And I'm like to have him out there with this movie and the movie being like I would say certainly better than Midnight Sky no offense to, to Midnight Sky uh, I don't know I feel like there's like a an embrace potential for the Clooney of it and the movie and then that would like kind of lend itself to Ben and then you have to think like the last time these guys teamed up was Argo right like I mean obviously Clooney didn't wasn't direct in it but he produced it with Ben and so I'm like this is like the first time Ben has gotten back with George maybe that's like a good luck thing I don't know I'm just like
0: I mean, maybe, it but it's happening. also funny because like, you know, in like the the 2000s until like through Argo, like, like George was like really killing it at Oscars. He was getting nominated like every two years, you know, and then we like the the next year was Gravity. And then it was like, oh, could he get into like supporting for like Gravity? He didn't. And he hasn't been nominated since. And yeah, I mean, he has stopped uh, or like he's acted less since then, like mostly exactly directing. Less. Yeah, yeah for sure. mostly directed, um, and like uh, his films have <laughs> really been all that great or done that well uh, in the past decades. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Like this movie doesn't come out until December,
1: right? Doesn't yeah, it doesn't come out like until December tenth or I, I like, think it's December tenth or seventeenth, and then okay, yeah, and then it, it's it's actually got a month of theatrical exclusivity because I think it's not on Amazon itself until January seventeenth. Yeah. So clearly, George. And he mentioned this in The Thing. I mean, this was like a movie that I think he wanted people to see in the theater and was like bemoaning a little bit the fact that like you can't actually even make this kind of movie out of the studio anymore. Because like, if he he was like, if I took it to Warner Brothers, it's like going to cost them, even if the movie costs like 10 million, which I think it costs like 10 or 12 million. It's not a very expensive movie. He's like, the marketing is like 50 million. Or, you know, they're just, and the, the amount of money they have to make to make it back is impossible this movie would never make 100 million even even 10 years ago this movie wouldn't have made you know what i mean like the tender bar is like a a 35 to 45 if this was like a a vintage movie going time it's
0: it's like a a mid-range adult drama
1: right it's like that's not going to make 100 million i don't think so um yeah so he got amazon brought it to him and like whatever i mean you look at his last few directing yeah monuments uh, since argo or producing since argo it's like I mean, Monuments Man and Suburbicon are his two directed ones before Midnight Sky and this. Neither one of them were very uh, well-received. Yeah. And then so. he's a, his producer since Argo, it's like he was a producer in August Osage County. Our brand is Crisis. Money Monster, which he actually was in. And then he did a bunch of TV. Uh, and now we're back with this. So, I mean, he really hasn't done a lot of the stuff that would have been like uh, Oscar nominated. So... I mean, maybe this is the year for George. And then by virtue of that, Ben, I don't know. It's a great time for if you like movie stars from like the 90s and 2000s, this is a great uh, season.
0: This is like, like my favorite time, <laughs> like, yeah. like take me back to my youth. So, yeah. So I mixed up like the Tender Bars and Amazon's other release date, uh, movies release date, uh, Being the Ricardos. Cause that's great. coming out.
1: Great thing. <laughs> yes. Let's talk uh, Being the Ricardos. So, uh, for a while, I think we were talking about this actually literally at the tender bar screening.
0: Yeah. Because I was saying like, there's been like nothing about this movie.
1: <laughs> when is it going to, when is the movie going to get, uh, yeah. Like, when are we like going to release
0: day, like a photo again.
1: and we got it all, uh, yesterday on Tuesday from Amazon, uh, so it comes out, I think December 10th, I believe, right? Joyce? Yeah. December 10th. And then it's on like, Amazon on the 21st, December The so Right away on Amazon, kind of yeah. like the Netflix model for this one. Um, Sorkin so right back in it, right after like pulling a David O. Russell, he did uh, Chicago seven and then like 11, uh, you know, uh, 13 or 14 a, months a year, later, yeah, we're back
0: with. Shot it this spring. Yeah. So just
1: like a quick, quick post-production. We're back with uh, being the Ricardos. Uh the trailer very much a teaser trailer I'd say it's not even two minutes uh, you yeah, don't even it's a teaser. You, you don't see her <laughs> you do you see her enough that I was able to get a screen grab of her in the uh, in the famous episode of I love Lucy uh, Nicole Kimmon plays uh, Lucille Ball and uh, in the famous episode she's stomping the grapes I, I can't say I've ever watched a lot of I love Lucy I don't know about yourself. I watched
0: it a lot when I was a kid, when I was on Nick and Knight, and sure. uh, I don't have a middle name. So I used to tell people that my middle name was Lucy.
1: That's awesome. So <laughs> that's really good.
0: <laughs> but now I'm, I'm so glad I don't have a middle name because like less things to fill out. Exactly.
1: Um, so, yeah. So uh, you see a little bit of Nicole Kimmon as... Uh, lucille bald you hear her in a voiceover doing like an accent not really you know i mean she just doesn't have her australian accent at the very least uh the trailer shows a lot of uh javier bardem plays desi arnaz and then you see um glimpses of the rest of the cast jk simmons is in it uh i think jake lacy is in it and alia shawcat is in it and tony hale is in it it definitely is more of a so basically the, the movie takes place over a week of production and I, I love Lucy. Uh, and it's kind of like, it seemingly is like a classic uh, Sorkin just like doing backstage stuff, running around, keeping things in a bottled up. So it's like a lot of, it, he did an interview with Entertainment weekly for it, for their uh, trailer debut. And he basically was like all these things that are in the movie, all the obstacles that Lucy and Desi face happened, just not in the same week. So it's like, She's getting investigated for alleged ties to communism. And there's a tabloid article about Desi Arnaz's, you know, night out on the town. And then they're doing this very complicated episode and the production of that and all these things come to a head. It just feels like classic Sorkin. And I guess the the best case of it is like a West Wing episode when there's like, you know, four or five different stories that they're juggling and it's great.
0: Yeah. It's like sort of like a bottle episode.
1: And the worst case would be if it's like Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip. Uh, so hopefully it's much more of uh, West Wing, I think, or any of his other movies. Like I like we talked a lot. I loved the uh, Chicago 7. Um I'm very excited for it. I think I I'm just in on it. I, I love Sorkin, so I'm in. That's basically my thoughts.
0: I mean, I, I feel like the teaser did its job. And I understand why they like withheld like showing Nicole. Cause you know, like the internet, like dragged them to bits when like those, like a pap photos came out of like her, like in character. And then like, you know, some side was like, Oh, she is like, she looks like, un- she's like uncanny as like, when we see a ball and everyone's like, no, <laughs> you know? Right. So, and yeah, but I, I don't know. I can't decide if, like, they would have been better off, like, showing more of her. Like, I know, like, a real trailer is going to drop probably in, like, you know, three weeks or something. Right. Um, but, yeah, um like, uh, Lucy and Desi's uh, daughter, uh, also named Lucy, she did an interview somewhere. I don't know. Maybe it was even just, like, on her Instagram page because she's been talking a lot about this movie. But she said, like, she was glad that they didn't go for direct... Like imitations of her mm-hmm. parents, and like she's glad they don't look exactly like Javier Bardem's Desi. Like she's glad they don't look exactly like them, and like they don't sound exactly like them. But she was like really pleased with the performances, and she's like they really captured my parents. And like blah blah blah. So was like you know, as long as she's happy, like
1: yeah, that's, and that's cool. You know, and I'm also like with me, I don't know about like I'm I'm okay to suspend disbelief enough to be like oh yeah for sure not an SNL sketch right? You don't have to like be like impersonating them. And I guess if you capture the essence of the person, that's like more important. I guess the, the so I don't know about you. I've not. I obviously we haven't seen it, so like I'm not going to like move it around based on like a, a 90 second teaser trailer. But I'm like, this has the potential to be a massive contender, right? Like it's like I don't have it in anything right now. You could
0: get like makeup and stuff too, like some below line stuff, and like it, if, You know, <laughs> I, don't, I don't like like with like the globes, I <laughs> think like. Like they can, nom- I, like, I'm ready to like put her into sad. Cause they nominate her for like, they nominate her for a bombshell. Um, and so, they love like, like transformations, even though this is not like a, a full transformation, but yeah, like, I, I agree. Like I don't need someone to look exactly like the famous person they're playing. Like, and I think a lot of people mistake that as like great acting and it's just like, that's just makeup and prosthetics.
1: So best actress for Nicole. Again, the movie seems like very much focused on her. I don't know what they're going to do with. Like, I'm assuming I, I, I have no idea, but I'm assuming Javier Bardem would be the lead, right? A lead actor and she'd be lead actress. He's for sure. like
0: one well, in, the, in the teaser, like they're both top billed and he was first. But then on the poster, she's first. So it could just be a contractual thing. Sure. With
1: sure. So for best actress, we have uh, Jessica. Chatt. I have this is my list right now. Jessica Chastain for Eyes of Tammy Faye, Olivia Coleman for Lost Daughter, Kristen Stewart for Spencer, Penelope Cruz for Parallel Mothers, and Jennifer Hudson for Respect. There's definitely room in there for Nicole Kidman. Like, Mm -hmm. absolutely. Like, I could see her getting in. You're right. I mean, and she's like a past winner, transforming into, like, one of the most famous icons in Hollywood history. And, like, it just feels like it checks a lot of boxes to get in. Unless people are like, wow, it's really not good. But assuming that it's good.
0: Yeah. And, and I think, like, people are also, like, ready for it to not be good, you know? True. So, and I think, like, if it is good, like, that can help it. Because it's just, like, oh, it exceeded your expectations.
1: Right. Everybody will be like, wow, you know it was great being the Ricardos and their shit. Yeah. I mean, Best Picture with 10 nominees, I think it's in play. Because, like, I think when you get to the bottom of Best Picture at the moment, it's not very set.
0: Yeah, with, like, a lock 10. Like, There's if not... it wasn't a lock 10, i I'll be like, I don't know. But right, it works... Like, I can
1: see it. It's a movie about Hollywood. Like, that's always a thing that people love, right? Like, a backstage Hollywood drama. I mean, I could easily get in. I don't think Sorkin, based on, like, the amount of best director candidates like we've discussed, like, it's pretty heavy hitters this year. I think more so than last year. He didn't even get in last year for Chicago 7. So, it seems like a longer shot for him to get in this year. But screenplay, I mean, again, you're going to count Aaron Sorkin out in screenplay. I mean,
0: what if what if this is this is like another Steve Jobs situation where it just gets like acting nominations and like he wins the Globe for screenplay but doesn't get nominated?
1: That's I awesome. mean, possible, uh, you know. And then I would say one uh, the supporting actor. He's in the trailer very briefly, but J.K. Simmons plays uh, the actor who played uh, Fred on I Love Lucy, who I think yeah, really well, probably, yeah um yeah, and past winner jk simmons if he has any kind of significant role why not jk simmons and the best supporting actor like we said it's pretty wide open at this point i could see this getting like a lot of not it's very possible that it could get not like a, a lot of nominations if it's good and if it's if it's as good as chicago seven was in my calculus i would say it could get like a like five or six seven nominations just based on like who's involved and like the subject matter and the below the line is like you said like hair and makeup it seemingly would compete there. Right. Like, cause you know, you're transforming right. Nicole Kidman to at least plausibly look like Lucille ball. Um, yeah. I don't, yeah know. And
0: I don't like, like the, a lot of like the best actress contenders, like I feel like they're in more like artsy films, you know, like, like Spencer, you know, like it's maybe like a little bit more like highbrow. And you said, you know, like you can see it being divisive because that woman behind you would tell your, right, hated it.
1: And one lady, but yes. <laughs> yeah. Um,
0: and then, you know, you have like, like tragedy of Macbeth. And it's like, some people might not like take to Shakespeare. Um, and even something like the lost daughter, even though like, you know, people do seem to like it once they've seen it.
1: It is definitely more of an indie small movie.
0: Uh, Yeah. Whereas I think, you know, like this movie um, and like the type of performance Nicole is giving or like the role is more in the vein of like a Jessica Chastain, you know, like famous person transformation. Although Jessica is transforming way more than Nicole. So, yeah, I could I could see like that, like segment of like voters like gravitating towards like Nicole, if they're not right. really into like the art housey type of stuff.
1: Yeah. I think it's an easier, like, I'll just use like, if I'm talking to my parents who are like older, mm-hmm. it'd be easier yeah. sell for me to say Nicole Kidman plays that Lucille Ball in a movie versus. Yeah.
0: yeah or like, or like a J-Hud as like Aretha Franklin, you know,
1: versus like, yeah. uh, Kristen Stewart's Princess Diana, but it's like really arty or like Olivia Coleman plays like, uh, this character in this, uh, And she's Uh, like stalking
0: Dakota Johnson. And
1: it's like, uh, yeah, like it's just an easier, it's an easier sell and like a much easier elevator pitch to be like Nicole Kim and Lucille Ball. Darren Sarkin did it. Great. You know, it's like, I think people will react to that. So I guess it just depends. I mean, I'll be curious to see when they start screening it and like what the response is. I don't think people have, I have, I mean, like, I I don't, I, I don't, I haven't talked to really anybody who's seen it personally. I don't know about you.
0: I feel like they're probably still just like finishing it. Finishing it, it, right?
1: Like literally started filming in like the end of March. Yeah, pretty so. wild that it's uh, that it's already here. But he's, I, I'm he's excited. I fast, think...
0: Just like Clint.
1: Yeah, he is. He's turning into Clint. I will say, I <laughs> love Steve Jobs, and I. You're right. It were to remind me of that, especially the way this he kind of like bottled the story. So Steve Jobs obviously takes place over like three Apple events um and this it seemingly takes a place over a week i love when sorkin does that i love when he like kind of like ties something off and it's just like here's like a little pressure cooker of a thing and we're gonna tell a story in this inside this world that i've like kind of manipulated and,
0: and also fast thunder did not look exactly like steve jobs
1: no and he ruled in it he was so good that was uh, that's one of my bigger disappointments from oscar snubbings so i think the whole thing was good seth rogan ruled he was so good and I, who got nominated yeah, just I, kate? Who else? uh kate was nominated and that was it, or who else was Fassbender? Yeah, Fassbender was nominated, and Kate, and no, and no uh, Seth. No Seth. That should have gotten nominated. He was really good.
0: I, I think he was in a lot of people's like early predictions, um, but then like the movie just didn't take off at all. Like it, it literally
1: only got those two acting nominations. So. <laughs> Such a bummer. I know people who don't really don't like it, but I, I really did like it. I rewatched it last year because they did a whole. Bunch of Sorkin rewatches to get ready for uh, Chicago Seven, so it's kind of fresh in my mind. Uh, so you, you get... just binged all his movies? <laughs> yeah. Well, I start. You know what? I love. Uh, I did. I watched. Uh, I love uh, Malice. This is his first one that he wrote, right? Mm-hmm. I think, and that movie's great. And uh, Nicole, he reunites with Malice uh, star Nicole Kidman. Yeah, for like almost
0: like thirty years later.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and obviously, like Social Network, I've seen like a million times. uh No, I'm I'm excited for this, and I'm, I'm like very. It was nice to see it coming in hot here. As like one of the last big uh, movies, I guess, you know, I'm like the next one. I feel like we've gotten a Nightmare Alley trailer. I feel like we need another House of Gucci marketing uh, push here in a little bit. I'm assuming they were. Waiting I mean, come out after, in a
0: month. Yeah, I'm
1: assuming they were yeah. waiting until after Last Duel to like get that out of the way. And then But like with Adam, with Adam and with Ridley. Right. Like both of them. I feel like neither one of them did a lot of press for mostly all the press I saw for Last Duel was Nicole, uh, Matt and Ben. Nicole Hall, Center, Man and Ben, and Joey. Yeah, you- I
0: mean, like, like, really did like some. Like, I feel like, like, print interviews, but like Adam did like nothing,
1: right? And, yeah. and which I mean makes sense because he's really yeah. he's like a he would be. I would say he's a supporting actor from it, even, mm-hmm. and he's great. I would like a, again, it's not he was so good in it though. I just love Adam Driver. I'm I think I'm a uh, I'm a big Adam Driver fan. Not as much as a big Ben Affleck fan, but. <laughs> Uh, big. Um,
0: I, I do like like his um, or like his character's like a wardrobe transformation as he just like, you know, came under like Ben's thumb. Like he started dressing more in like gold.
1: <laughs> yeah. Very fun. Uh, very, very fun. Uh, Joyce, before we head out two, uh two things coming out this week that I just want to touch on quickly. Uh, Dune and Graham, uh, Boot <laughs> Dune and French <laughs> dispatch, are both out. I think French Dispatch and Limited release and Dune, obviously, in much wider release and will be on HBO Max as well. Uh, I could see, uh, I, we've talked about Dune a lot. I really enjoyed it. It's so good. And I think it's going to like clean up in the tech uh, categories. I haven't like nominated mm-hmm. or winning in a bunch of them at the moment. I just think it's like rocketing towards that. And the reviews have remained pretty consistent, which I say is like a credit to the movie because like it premiered at Venice and like I think a lot of the earlier reviews from like those first screenings were very strong. And I think there's always like a little bit of like, should we take these with a grain of salt because of people seeing them at festivals and then also like getting to see things first. And like, you know, there's and also so many people wanted to see this movie for over a year. (laughs) There's like, maybe like, are those reviews legitimate? Right. Like, you know, not to be too cynical, but like there's a lot of play beyond just the review, right? Like, it's not just about the movie. It's about like whatever, everything else. But then like, as people have seen at New York Film Festival, I think like with those expectations that were set by the early reviews in September, they've continued to be really strong. I've seen like a lot of people really like it. Um I'm, I'm, I'll be curious to see how it does. It, I have no, like, again, like who cares about the box office, but I literally have no idea. I could see it doing well or flopping because like it's on TV also, but it's, I think you should see it in the theater. If you can, uh, it's really good. And then uh, French dispatch again, another movie that I feel like people have been waiting for, for like two years. I, it was supposed to be at Cannes last year before it was canceled uh, because of the coronavirus pandemic has been screening at festivals uh, it was at Cannes this year, I believe. That was its first one, and it kind of made its way through um, New York. And I, I don't know if it was a tip, but it was definitely a Telluride. You know, classic uh, Wes Anderson stuff. I I could see it doing well below the line. I, this uh, Alexander Desplat, our boy, getting in there again maybe for score, maybe a Wes screenplay nom. Um, I've seen it. I'd say... Due to the fact that it's uh, very ensemble and like episodic, like an anthology, none of the actors pop. But I've seen people like kind of like do a little nascent Jeffrey Wright cheerleading. He's good in it, but I don't, I, I don't see it personally because I just don't think he's in it very much.
0: I, I feel like, um, like both these movies supposed to come out last year, and I feel like in in like the eighteen months since, like or a little over a year since, like, like the the anticipation for Dune has only Gone bigger whereas it's has or or maybe it's just kind of like plateaued with like French Dispatch I don't know if it's gone lower but I don't think I don't I don't feel like it's like the same type of like buzz and energy around it it's weird I don't know even though that's the type of the movie itself but I feel like last year you know before March like Aaron was just like oh French Dispatch in July you know like when when like the little like bits and like the teasers were coming out like everyone was looking forward to it and like now it's just like Doing is finally
1: here, you know? Well, the other thing is, like, think about it, like, again, the world is totally different, but you're right. Like, French Dispatch was supposed to release in July of 2020 in that, like, once upon a time in Hollywood spot. And I doubt yeah. it, it would have never made, like, $200 million at the box office, but it was definitely, like, being programmed as, here's a movie for adults in the middle of, like, summer S- uh silly season with like a bunch of like superhero movies and like, like whatever right,
0: like right after tenant
1: <laughs> right and it's like you know like people are going to watch this and be like oh this is great i it's such like a relief from having to watch all these blockbusters and now it's being released in october with maybe like different set of expectations or what you're thinking you're going to get at the movie theater and that's not the movie's fault it just is what it is what it is um i do think it's like a little weirdly muted for a wes anderson movie but i'm like I've been rewatching his movies as well. The guy, I love his movies. He's great. And like, he just is like very uh, creative. He's already moved on to the next one. I think he's shooting it now. Um, I'll be curious to see. I think I've seen mixed reviews for it. Some people really like it. Some people don't. Um, I mean, I'll be, I, I don't know. I don't think it's a, I would be surprised if it ends up like the serious best picture contender ala Grand Budapest and Moonrise Kingdom to an extent. Mm-hmm. I didn't know Moonrise Kingdom wasn't nominated, but I mean- I don't think it'll be in that conversation, but you never know. I mean, like we said, there's 10 nominees. So if everything kind of like if the later movies start falling off, I think you're gonna come back to movies like French Dispatch and be like, well, maybe that actually you need
0: you it. need filler nominees.
1: <laughs> I mean, not to <laughs> not to denigrate <laughs> it as filler nominees, but like you know, I mean, I think like right now people are probably mentally like, Well, I'm holding spots for don't look up and West Side Story and Licorice Pizza and and, you know, Nightmare Alley and all these movies that nobody really seen. House of Gucci. That's like five right there that haven't screened that are like really popular best picture contenders, probably. But if all five of them are not good or oh, no, I,
0: I completely good. agree. Right. Yeah.
1: It's like you're going to go back and be <laughs> like, let me give French dispatch another shot. At least I know that was good. You no, know, like I like that enough. So that'll be interesting. <laughs> are you going to see either of these choice? You're going to go to the theater to see these.
0: Um. So I like. I don't need to see a movie in a theater,
1: right? We've talked about
0: yeah, we've talked about this, and especially in the middle of a pandemic, (laughs) right? So I am completely fine watching movies at home, right? So like, like I maybe maybe I'll watch
1: like Dune on HBO Max. How long is it? Dune on HBO Max. Dune is like two and a half hours. Mm, Okay. I mean, if you're, I would say like. Yeah, I think it's and it's going to be on uh, on HBO Max this week, uh, like Thursday. I think actually it's going to be on early. I don't know. I mean, French Dispatch again. I'll be curious to see like when these hit VOD. And while I know that Fox has like old Fox had a deal with HBO, I wonder will like French Dispatch be on Hulu like Nomadland was, and will it be on pretty quickly? Like it feels like it would behoove uh, them to do that after like a few weeks. But I don't know what the plans are personally. I haven't seen anything. Uh- yeah,
0: I don't know either. Yeah, because it, yeah, it's it's searchlight,
1: so right, so it might have a different. It, what we're saying is the the current uh, <laughs> streaming uh, contracts. This is so like inside baseball. What <laughs> is, is is pretty difficult even <laughs> to figure out for how you watch movies, uh, but they're both playing in theaters this weekend. Uh, Joy's a- anything else before we wrap up? I. Don't think so. What about uh, a succession response? Uh, oh yeah, succession
0: episode? response. Oh my god, yeah. We didn't even talk about it last week, did we? But yeah, no. it came back this on or this past Sunday,
1: right? Um, yeah. you watch the episode I, yeah. again?
0: I, so I've seen the first episode five times now, like <laughs> four times. There's like via like the screener from the, the past month. So I've seen it five times now. um so well, I watched this like the premiere because I wanted to see the new credits because the the credits weren't ready on the screener, you know. Right.
1: Very. So, I was very pleased with the credits.
0: Yeah. Very. Yeah. A lot of a lot of new like ATN, you know, chirons there. I um, look at Waystar
1: Studios for the first time.
0: That's Waystar wow. Studios. Oh my gosh, right. what are they going to make? They're going to make the, a movie about Lisa Arthur, obviously. Lisa
1: Arthur movie, right? Oh, yeah. It's going to be great. I Can't wait. to win Oscars. Um,
0: yeah, I, I'm. I'm mostly pleased about like the. Like to see how far this little show has grown. Cause I remember when season one was airing and like, nobody was talking about it. It was just Mm -hmm. like, like people have seen it, like, you know, like small group of fans and like, like critics and like TV writers. And then like season two, like it got more popular as it aired, but now it's just like full on. And, you know, it got its highest ratings like across like all platforms. So um, yes, very excited. It's back. And episode two has, you're one of your favorite lines and then a favorite, a favorite set of mine.
1: Great. Uh, Kind (laughs) of like, so we watched, I watched it again, obviously watched it last night. Um, And yeah, it does a great job of setting up uh, what's coming in episode two, which is like all the, uh, the Roy kids uh, maybe coming together. Kendall
0: Kendall is trying to build his army still.
1: Right uh loved i loved i just loved it this first episode i thought was really good uh, it's just so so good and i was really I paying that. attention to this i uh, might be one of the five times you watch it uh did he, <laughs> i thought that nicholas bertel did a lot of new score stuff i don't know if you noticed yeah that. he it's always
0: like like, like remixes
1: he, um, the theme like
0: like the themes of like the characters yeah. or like whatever
1: you know and i really uh really enjoyed that um but remained remained delighted at, at uh Good meme image from Greg. Just good the best.
0: A lot of, Internet lot of, is big. Okay.
1: <laughs> a lot of memes. Good meme image. Just the best.
0: <laughs> it's oh my god! It's yeah. It, it's the the funniest show on TV. Honestly,
1: that like, scene in the car is so good uh, for so many reasons. But I love Kendall being like, "Feed me, just feed me the metadata." He says so much nonsense, uh, Kendall. It's just incredible the stuff he says.
0: It was like but then it was like that. And then like, also like later with like Lisa, he's like, when, when he just makes like the temperature and like weather analogy, <laughs> I'm like
1: student. So uh, love it. All right. But one Joyce. of my Roy. my
0: favorite things is, is also like how like both he and like Shiv said, like, I love you to like Naomi and Tom. And then like, like Naomi and Tom are just like, yeah, thanks. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, all right. Joyce. Yes. It's great. Uh, we'll see you. See you next time. This is fun? Yes. Okay. Bye. 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 <laughs> For all things Hollywood competition and award season, head to goldderby.com and follow us on social media at goldderby.